dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sacred Matrix. We go at revolution.radio, and I'm your host, Janet Kier Lesson, and my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson, is on his way. He had a flat tire on his bike, and he's stuck in the rain, but he's getting rescued. Our producer is Thomas Becker, and we have a panel tonight with Kevin Trimble, Anthony Zender, and K.J. Scoops. And we're going to be talking about the secret space program. So brief intros because there's a lot. I have everything up on AquarianRadio.com, and uh, I'd like you to. I hear some background noise, so if everybody could mute when you're not speaking, that would be great. That'll minimize noise. We are having torrential downpours here in Maui, so my apologies, but it's been raining for two weeks. So sick of rain. Anyway, everybody else has snow and everything else. I'm faring better than the average, but still, who will stop the rain? Okay, so uh, let me do, say a little bit about our three guests. So Kevin Trimble is 29, he lives in Ontario, Canada, and his uh, critical event that activated him happened on November 12th. 2008 when I'm in a forest. Uh, Matt, I'm getting some background noise. Is that from coming from you? Who's that coming from? You there, Matt? Just, just you. Oh, it's me. I'm making the noise. Okay, not sure what that's about. But 
It's not showing anybody else lighting it up, so. Oh, so nobody else is here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got Anthony and uh, K, uh, KJ, and uh, I'm having trouble with uh, with Kevin. Keep trying to get uh, I'll tell you when Sasha walks in the door, but he's going to have to dry off. It's literally too late to get Okay, so um, I'll talk about Kevin and then KJ, Scoops, and then Anthony Zender. Kevin's gone offline at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Um, are you sure I want over here? Well, not really, I'll have to try something, but I'm doing everything. Okay. I'll get back to you. So, Kevin is, Kevin Trickle is 29 years old. He was taking a walk, he was bicycling, and he was close to where he lived. He saw for a break, and he got a cloud and passed over his head, and he was walking out of the sun. This was November 12th of 2008. And the shock when he looked up and he saw a grayish white triangle shaped craft, like a typical TR. It was grayish white and it was black. It was hovering only a few hundred feet above the treetops. And he was walking at a walking pace and it followed uh, for several minutes. You know, while he followed for several minutes as he continued staring up. And that's what scared the craft was moving. And when he reached the end of the trail with the forest up and up into the field, the craft began to develop up into the air. And three weeks later, called Chromatic American Volume One, later find out space program. And the team March 2015. Anyway, he had the regression to find out that he was having a production. Now to KJ Scoops, and I'm getting some background noise. If you could please mute when you're not on, or not speaking, and then turn it on when you speak. Uh, that'll help us with a lot of noise here today. We've got torrential rains, all kinds of excitement going on. <laughs> so KJ Scoops uh, from the United States is a mother, a solution-based multi-dimensional healer, an empath, secret space program, Ultra experiencer from the remote world. And I'm having a lot of background noise. I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm here. Um, she naturally born with untrained psychic awareness and underwent years of mentoring. Um, Mad Painter or Art. Are you um, experiencing that horrendous uh, feedback, or is that just me? No, it's, it's the studio. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get a hold of somebody. Okay. Meeting us, took me to a milk career in the United States 
Janet, let me let me hang up this call and start it all over. I'm yeah, see, that, that see. might be good because I don't know if anybody can hear me. All right, uh, call okay. you back. Just a It's okay. it's all okay. It's all okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, we'll see if we can get uh, Janet and them back on. It sounds a lot better now. Of course, you might hear a little echo. There? Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Antonio is backing, and so is Casey. Okay. And uh, we still have uh, Kevin missing in action. And I just got an update. Sasha, he wants, my driver wants me to call Sasha and I'm going to do a show. I'll tell him that, but the river's too high. We have a river that crosses our stream, so he can't get across the river. Okay. So let me uh, finish this uh, intro. I'm not sure whatever you heard we'll cover all this i did a little bio of casey and i'm talking about anthony and um, anthony zender so anyway anthony uh, joined the, the u.s uh, marine corps and then he had honorable discharge and then he went through an enlightenment process through freemasonry masonry and the teachings of the illuminati i'd like to hear about that that's exciting uh during his awakening he found that there was much more going on in his life and they're seeing and he found that he was a lab military abductee who's an asset in what is known, is soon to be known to the public, and people are finding out more every day, as the secret space program. And he has a new book, uh, which is called Son of the Morning. Got to get a copy of that. So uh, I think what we'll do to start, because we have two missing, but we'll start, you know, the show must go on. And let's begin my talking to uh who do i start with lady first kj please uh come on and for about uh, 10 15 minutes tell us your story not to be the whole story but <laughs> hey how are you, you? can, can you, you hear me questions. okay i can okay. yes okay good yeah uh the three of us when we get together we ha commonly have interference <laughs> with our when we record anything, so we're used to this, but, um, my name's KJ, I, uh, I wouldn't really know where to begin with my story, but, uh, I've, I don't, I didn't really have a big awakening until I started looking into why things were happening to myself all through life. I've kind of always had things happen, um, so many that I don't, wouldn't know where to begin at this point, but I guess I could start with um, in 2010 and 11, I started noticing a lot of, uh, shorting out uh, light, light bulbs and electricity. So, uh, I thought it was me doing it, but I kept, you know, explaining to people this was happening and they're like, no, 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 it's just electronics, it's, uh, issues, electrical issues. So I've always had, I've always seen like visuals of ghosts 
or in my room, um, things in my peripheral, uh, lots of memories as a child of things that I uh, had a hard time processing myself. If it was that a dream or did it really happen because I feel like it really happened. And it wasn't until I just thought that maybe every person was like this. But uh, it wasn't until later on uh, when I started noticing more things happen and uh, strange things where I started to... It was actually... I'm older than uh, Kevin and Anthony. Well, I don't know how how old Anthony is, but I was around before the internet. (laughs) So uh, we we didn't... I'm 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 41. So we didn't okay. have uh, the internet when I started waking up and stuff. Yeah. So we would experiment with all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, Ouija board, all that stuff. But uh, I kind of just gravitated towards other people that were had you know would listen to me. And I have a lot of memories of seeing ships and being on ships as a child. And um, I have a lot of remote viewing memories of of being used to remote view as a child where I would be uh situations that were unpleasant um chill I I I have memories of kind of uh what they call militarized remote viewing where you're connected to somebody on the ground so I would overlook ahead overhead and see actually children being taken and stuff but Mm -hmm. but as a child like I you know I thought it was a dream, but it was so real. I, I it, it, it bothered me. I would contemplate it for, I think I was like nine years old is what I remember. And I would remember sitting there thinking about it all day long, like thinking this actually happened. How did this happen? So yeah, I, I it's strange how to explain how, how it looks, but it looks like you're looking down on the scene. So uh, these are things that I, instances growing up, but it wasn't until like later on 2012, on their time, where started things started really happening, and uh, I was in a time in my life where I was very angry, and I was in a you know I was in a hardcore band at one time, so I had a lot of anger. So uh, anger, and everybody knows in the programs, uh, they trigger your abilities more when you're angry, and um, so I started like blowing light bulbs, and I couldn't keep a phone very long; it would short out and stuff. So, and then uh, I started having physical attacks that were invisible. I had extreme astral experiences overlooking uh, different things that I could get into at another time, but uh, right. And yeah, so I got connected through people just by doing research, and then I found people that I recognized, and uh, so I, I approached them, and I got connected with other remote viewers who, and I learned about how, you know, I'm not just the only person that does. I've always been interested in things like the SLI effect um, or uh, streetlight interference, the ability to short uh-huh. out streetlights. People call them sliders. Um, that was kind oh, of called sliders. Slider, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's where I started learning about like how people are. And then they, uh, I started learning about how, remember that Toyota incident where all these cars were like crashing into things and they actually, Toyota had released a statement um, to the public that it was, it was a uh, electric magnet, electric magnet, oh, I can't say electromagnetic frequency. Electromagnetic. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Uh, it, they, that, they were theorizing that that was it, but they didn't want to say it because it was pseudoscience, but they did release it in a press conference saying they can't confirm it. And that like blew my mind because I was like, wait a minute, this, this is the SLI effect. This is um, emitting energy off your body and making stuff happen like by accident or, or maybe not by accident. Um, later on, I found out more about like the MKUltra programs that memories start triggering fast and you start recognizing other people. So it's, it's a very long story, but basically, uh, for, I kind of came into the community through the shadow aspect, not the more loving spiritual side. So I kind of dug straight into the rabbit hole and was like mesmerized. And I started, you know, listening to what everybody, uh, had experienced. And I noticed, I, you know, I remembered, wait, wait a minute, I had that experience too. And then, you know, when I first started learning about uh more secret the term secret space program wasn't that wasn't kind of around until later on when people started digging deeper and deeper and finding out there's a lot off planet and on planet uh, so uh I, yeah so I, I have two children um i do work a full-time job and uh i uh my children's father is also in programs as well. So you can imagine like <laughs> life is never boring, but, uh, I, I, I had learned over the years, uh, how to kind of recognize attacks and remote attacks. And I had children and then they were getting attacked. So I, uh, I kind of just had to figure it out. So I, I did become a healer at, at a certain point. I, it was more for, uh, for not, not, I didn't become a healer necessarily on purpose. I didn't know I was going to be a healer. I kind of did it to help my kids and help myself. And then I realized that I could help other people as well. And I could tap into my abilities because I, in the secret space program and in the MK ultra programs is where they train you for a lot of stuff. Uh, I was used for my psionic abilities and my, uh, tracking abilities. So you know, with that being said, I, I've also experienced a lot of mind wipes, blank slating done to me too. So I've had to track. And then once I really learned how to tap into my abilities, it's been much easier. But at the same time, the more you tap into your abilities, the more you're kind of seen by, uh, you know, the covert technology and all these, you know, there's things you hear about. It's, you know, you get targeted and, uh, so, yeah, so I, I help targeted individuals and, um, you know, and I also have to help myself too. So I have to do a lot of self-healing. Um, but yes, I do. I, when I met Kevin, um, I had, I recognized faces right away. Um, but then I kind of just have to figure out how do I know them? Um, and it's usually not a past life that I recognize them from. It's from like being on a mission in the secret space program. So, uh, which happens a lot more. I get a lot more of those bleed overs. So I recognize Kevin from being on a mission with him uh, that got triggered by his interview when he talked about what he had seen. I It triggered the memory that I had, which was a piece of his story. So, uh, and, and I, I know Anthony from a different, a completely different uh, time in the Secret Space Program. I've been in many terms. And so, uh, can you still hear me? <laughs> We've lost Janet, and I'm trying to get her back. Uh, Casey, uh, can you uh, 
tell us uh, the first time you experienced this, uh, what, what you felt? Oh, it's KJ, actually. Um, <laughs> which time, what, do you, what do you mean, the first time I experienced uh, what, When you what? realized that you, that you were involved in this kind of uh, program. Uh, yeah, I, when I, well, you're always wondering, is it, am I involved? Because you don't, you don't really think you are, you don't want to believe it, but then you're fascinated by the topics and you can't stop learning about it because it resonates so much. So, uh, I would say I had a pretty good idea that it was true, but I, you know, no, not many people have physical evidence. And then in 2012, I had met, uh, my the person who's my children's dad and uh he had he had some equipment some scanning equipment and he scanned my body like you know my head and my arms and i you know and it they're uh the zap checkers they're highly i highly recommend if you can find a zap checker but i don't think they make them anymore so if you can find one get one because they're really hard to find but they're like the best scanners for implants in your body for cybernetic implants so I scanned my body and I was finding so many uh that and you and it has a screen that you can read out and uh like that I, I forget the actual numbers but for like my head for example the one in which would be like my pineal it was like the the needle was like flying off the thing and, and you could see that it was transmitting and some of them aren't transmitting, but you can find them. And I had them in all pinpoints in my body and a, a whole bunch in my skull. And then, uh, you know, my elbows, wrists, hands, um, legs, knees. And uh, that was like the big telltale moment for myself because uh, it kind of, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, nobody has any implants. So I'm like, oh, I had like, I, I found like 21, you know, on my first scan. So, yeah, that was a moment I did. I, I kind of sat there for a second and then I cried. I cried for, I had a good cry for a good five minutes. And it was just like this, okay, it's true. Like I, I, I'm pretty resilient. I accepted it. I'm like, okay, now it's real now. What do, what do I do now? So that was the moment I knew it was true. And then like a lot of things started happening because the more you become aware, the more the more, even more things, you know, come into your awareness. So, so, so it was more of a, a gradual acknowledgement then. Than a well, I, I think I, it, it's, you know, when you're experiencing a lot of supernatural things and memories and you get triggered by, you know, certain movies and scenes. Uh, yeah. Like you're, you're, you go through a, like the roller coaster of emotion where like the first time you, think about it you're like oh it's it just something that resonates and you follow your interests and then you know and then you learn well maybe I feel like I've I might be a part of this but you don't have the physical evidence and the physical evidence is kind of what everybody looks for at first because it's, there is like a factor that's kind of hard to believe it's hard it's kind of unbelievable you know you're like this can't be because you know we're so conditioned and brainwashed as a society to believe that this is all nonsense and you know a lot of people have been oh, put definitely. away for these ideas so you kind of learn after telling a few people your opinions uh and you know everybody's been told oh that's crazy you're nuts and um i think we've all experienced this but it, you know all of us that are into this topic so right, right about 20 years ago they call you a nut if you said you've seen a ufo let alone anything else and now it's more accepted right. to say it 
exactly. So, you know, uh, good for people. I think it's great if they can grow up in a family where it's, that's open. I think that's wonderful. I grow up open. All right. My children are growing up open to the, anything that they want to talk about. Um, they, they wait, they tell me things about the moon that I know they've never seen anywhere, like on a movie or, or TV, you know? So I listen and, but, uh, yeah, you learn pretty quick who, uh, who you can talk to about it and who you can't. And, you know, the more you, and I got to give the internet credit because before, you know, once the internet started up and and I make, I age myself when I say that I'm really not that old, but, (laughs) but, uh, try getting Janet back with her phone and see what happens. Uh, yeah. So they're having quite a bit of storms there at the moment. I think she might've answered. I'm here. (laughs) It took me a minute. I didn't know how that would work. Is it working? Okay. Yeah. She comes through. Great. I I mean, I was brain dead. (laughs) So I didn't think about calling (laughs) your phone. Well, it's it's my Skype. I, I I turned my phone back on. And I go. I was just trying to reach you. Like, call me on the uh, Skype on my phone. Yeah, I my um my uh, internet is down for the computer. It just uh, we've had <laughs> so many storms. Well, well and, I, um, I had KJ tell us about her. You know, when she first realized that she was involved in this program, and she explained it out pretty good. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I'll have to go listen to it later to get the story. <laughs> but, um, okay, so uh, I, I, let's pass the, uh, we have a little invisible talking stick that we pass around. Let's pass it to, uh, Kevin, do you want to go next? Or do you want to give it to, um, what's his name, Anthony? Yeah, Anthony. Uh, I'll give it to Anthony. Are you there, just, Kevin? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Um, I, I just wanted to say something quick, uh, something KJ said. Sure. Um, she made such a good point. Uh, when you first realize, when it all kind of sinks in, um, that you realize that you're, you're a part of this program, um, she said that she started to cry, and uh, that's uh, something I haven't really talked about before, but on, uh, on that first day when uh, I walked under the TR3 for five minutes, and then, um, and then uh, you know, it, uh, it, it, that's when I got picked up and dropped, dropped back off, and um, I was in shock afterwards, but when I finally made it home that night, um, I, uh, I, I just started crying uncontrollably, like just that night. I did, it all just came like, like rushing back, but it was, um, it was the, like the, this emotional bleed through that happened. It was just this heavy emotional feeling that you, you couldn't help but cry. And, you, and I didn't even understand why I was crying because typically when you see a UFO, if it's just a UFO sighting, your response isn't to cry, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. if you just see a UFO, this was different. This was, you know, you walk under, or, sorry, I, I was walking underneath this thing for five minutes. Then I went into shock. Then later that night, uh, I made it home. And then I just got hit with this, like, uh, like wall of emotion. And, um, and, I, and I, I didn't understand why I was crying, like, the whole night. Because, again, that's not a normal response from seeing a UFO. And, um, and also, too, um, it's not like I thought it was alien. So it wasn't like... It was. It wasn't like scary in that way. I knew it was government. I knew it was just a top secret crap I had witnessed. And to come home and cry like that—that that, it's not—it's not typically what would happen. So I just thought that right. was interesting that KJ mentioned that, like when um, when when the bleed through started to happen, and it and it all kind of sinks in that you're a part of this program and it's real. That uh, crying is actually a very normal response. So I just thought that was um, interesting that she mentioned that. But, yeah, uh, but, and I just yeah. wondered, when, when you were talking, I just began to wonder, 
I I wonder how many uh, regular UFO experiencers are actually experiencers in the secret space program because I'm I'm much older than you. I could be your mother or maybe your grandmother. <laughs> I'm 64, right? Uh, and I was like this first generation. I've been at the underground base at, at Johnson Atoll. So we don't we didn't know how to assemble all this. That's apparently where the uh, Circle Gray Eben were. They had many species there, and I was engaged with them. Because I, I, they called me the key, so we, we have our rules, I guess we have. But I, I don't want to, I don't want to go with the verdict to me right now because let's keep the spotlight on on you guys. But I think this is something that we can talk about for many many shows. We're only going to get to a part of it, but go ahead and um, tell us a little about your story. This is a uh, a separate entity, a show on itself. I don't know how many people have listened to the previous ones. So let's just start, you know, with some background as we build this series and uh, connect the dots, okay? Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead, Anthony, and uh, kind of explain who you are and your background? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Thank you, um, and thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, so uh, my, uh, my, yeah, thank you. Um, my timeline um, is, uh, you know, because everybody has their timeline about how they have come to understand how they are involved in, uh, in this program. And pretty much um, when I was a younger child, um, my grandfather, he was, uh, that's where it really began. He was, a, uh, he was an engineer and uh, he worked on a lot of uh, projects uh, like laser systems and propulsion systems and, um, and a lot of things he couldn't talk about to his family. And uh, like like you said before, Janet, um, it is a generational thing um, because I'm a generation four. So my mom before me would be generation three, you know, <laughs> and so that's that's how that works. Um, so but it began um, with my grandfather and uh, he was working on things he couldn't talk about. But as a as a young um, child, I was I can still go back to those memories and I'm very lucid. And um, I remember um, seeing uh, some of the things that he was working working on, you know, he would always be listening to, um, you know, Art Bell and things like that, um, you know, about aliens and all that, but he could never talk about it. And um, at six years old, um, I didn't know what was going on, but um, pretty much um, in the uh, Super Soldier timeline, that's when you find out, that's when you first get taken, is as a child. And um, it's, you know, around two, four, or six. But um, at the time, I didn't know, but I remember... Um, Looking back now, I remember having um, a dream about a hand taking me out the window, and uh, um, and uh, later on I got that confirmed that I was actually at that time taken to uh, a deep underground base in uh, Texas, where they began the uh, the process of the grooming of uh, of you know of putting in the uh, the implants of of putting in of of you know of uh, uh, injecting the predatory pathological artificial intelligence. And um, and all that when I was six, and um, I didn't know it at the time, but that's when they started. And um, periodically, um, through my um, younger years, I would be getting bloody noses at night, and I would always uh, think it was, you know, yeah, I would always be thinking it was uh, just a you know a heat flash or something like that. But um, later on, I found out that you know periodically they would uh, they would take you. 
um, to do adjustments or whatever they needed to do uh, to to uh, you know what they were putting in you to to make you into a super soldier. And um, wow. I found out you know uh, you know that was happening to me uh, through my, my uh, younger years um, uh, up until I was sixteen. And, um, you know, because uh, my whole life, I've always been uh, extremely talented. Um, when I was younger, um, I was like the, the lead in the school play. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, I was a state champion in wrestling. I never got beat. Um, you know, I, I went into the Marines. Um, and and when, I, when I entered into the Marines, I actually in boot camp, I graduated at the top of my class. And um, I was just always like the best. And, and I'm a professional fighter now. You know, and and so I I've continued just that that mentality, and um, so basically I found out that that was basically through genetics and um, my starseed genetics, and um, and at sixteen okay, years old, you're saying what it, you said that like all these uh, abilities because you're of your starseed genetics, or was it because they were enhancing you? Or did they just select you because you're a star seed? I, I kind of explained a little bit better. And, and I do have to say to everybody, I'm getting fit for a hearing aid after that flu went by at the UFO Congress. I caught that almost died, but my side effect is I've lost like half my hearing. So you have to kind of slow down a little bit to be able to hear it pretty well. But if I stop you, say, say it again, it's not you, it's me. I just want to make sure I catch this because I, I really want to you know, understand what exactly what you're saying. So, um, so go ahead. When I was asking, uh, explain what you mean by that. Yeah, um, that's the criteria for the program. Is uh, you know, um, the star seeds, and um, because they are identified to have the metaphysical abilities. You know, tele telepathy, telekinesis, uh, the three T's. You know, teleportation, all that stuff, uh -huh. and um, pretty much um, star seeds are came in at a certain time which I came in at 1985, which that is a prime year for starseeds coming in. Uh, starseed, indigos, you know, rainbows, crystals, um, all those are actually real, um, you know, souls that are coming in. And I am, I'm a, um, indigo. I'm, I'm of that nature. But um, basically at, um, at 16 years old, I was, um, I was then approached um, by the military. And, um, you know, this is the, the part where it's the men in black type type scenario where mm -hmm. um, th these secret governments have the ability to erase memories, you know, and, and so, you know, when they're, when they're, um, when they're taking you to the bases, you know, as a child and all this, they're erasing your memories, but it's still retained in your soul, you know, because the soul is uh, the recorder of, of your experience. Mm -hmm. And if you're a lucid dreamer or very psychic, you can remember these memories because they're in your soul and they can wipe your mind but not your soul and so I, I i can remember a lot um that's happened to me um but uh basically at at 16 that's when the the department of naval intelligence which is a, a secret department which is based off of uh operation paperclip um from the nazis coming over in world war ii mm -hmm. um uh that department is called the department of naval intelligence and that that department deals with all the black operations and um and and there are many different um uh, uh industries uh, corporations in in the black operations um you know all the like the icc kruger monarch these are all um corporations that uh 
deal with advanced technology, cloning, um, you know, um, uh, advanced ships, uh, just anything you can think of. And uh, basically, they uh, the the Department of Naval Intelligence uh, approached me at 16 years old, and that's when um, they got me to sign the uh, contract for 16 year um, black operations um, <laughs> tour in the secret space program. Wow! So you actually uh, a lot of these people I've interviewed were kind of just taken against their will, and but you actually had a contract that you signed. The other secret space program person I know. Uh, is uh, one of my, my co-hosts, Teresa J. Morris, and she was approached when she was 15, and she had to sign a contract, or she agreed to sign a contract uh, at 15, and her, her parents um, approved. They had to, she had to get parental approval, uh, um, uh, approval, I mean, and they approved. So you're saying it's because you're an indigo, but I think it goes back further, because I actually had... Um, uh, one of the, well, you're saying goes back many generations, but um, one of the, Cynthia Crawford, her father, who probably was born in the 20s, was doing the genetic manipulation, and he was a clone and a hybrid, and then she was a hybrid, well, she just died last year. So um, I'm trying to piece this together. This whole thing kind of triggers me. <laughs> All these memories start coming back, so I'm here facilitating this process, so bear with me. I'm sorry, but. Um, and I, I think it was going to ask, keep continue. Uh, okay. I mean, well, that's what it's all about is, uh, it's all, it's all about remembering. So, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, that, that's the thing is about in this, in this program, the, the military abduction program, about only 5% actually remember what happened to them. Um, you know, the other 95% don't even, even know what happened to them. <laughs> so, um, that's something, that's another thing but the five percent that do you know they they regain the memories back and and they go on that quest of uh obviously taking the red pill and open up pandora's box to see how deep the rabbit hole goes and uh so basically um when i was when i was 16 is when i started uh that that um <laughs> uh my my black operations career uh and it I was I was uh, for Monarch in the beginning. Um, uh, for Monarch is uh, is a corporation that deals with time travel, um, cloning, um, you know, eugenics, um, all of that. And um, they are they are the basically the 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 ones that are are um, they're they're abducting people and um, and 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 you know taking people's eggs from them, taking people's DNA. And uh, they're they're the ones responsible for the um, cattle mutilations, um, and and they they can be known uh, that they they are the black triangles, um, that that everybody that the TR threes, um, you know they they are that. And uh, there's a special group called Strike Group One Sixty um, that goes around, and the operation that is actually uh, involved for when they abduct people is called Operation Green Star. And uh, that operation is when a secret government poses as a uh, as an extraterrestrial threat, um, but but really it's a secret government and they abduct people, and that's Operation Green Star. And so that's what they're that's what they're doing to people in the secret space program, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, they're they're basically uh, so they're carrying doing, out. Are they doing? Are they are they all humans? 
Southern Baptist Church is a variety of different uh, beings. Um, it, it's definitely, um, uh, you know, it's they're 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 humans, but there's obviously other uh, influences behind it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but but. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is um, you know, and in in the beginning, um, I was doing missions for Monarch. I did one thousand three hundred twenty-eight um, uh, that I found out from Monarch, but um, I I actually made a switch over, um, and fa- and I actually remember the mission missions where I, I where I didn't um, because I I was um, uh, an assassin for Monarch and. Um, uh, I was I was uh, involved in killing and um, but I mm-hmm. actually am am not anymore. I'm involved in rescuing, <laughs> you know. Um, and I can get into the the last recall that I remember, but um, I am actually doing good things um, uh, for the um, for the uh, greater good because that's a uh, the group that I'm involved in. Uh, Kruger is involved with um, uh, other secret societies like the uh, Great uh, or, or like the White Dragon Society, um, who are all involved with uh, the Galactic Federation in bringing down the Cabal and bringing about the real okay. New World Order. <laughs> so you said the White White Triangle. What did you call that again? Say that again. Uh, the White Dragon Society. It's an it's an oh, Asian the White Dragon um, Society. Yeah, it's an Asian family. Um, they're a uh, very wealthy family. They're, um, you know, the, the the secret societies. They all um, they all hold the technology. You know, if if you look at the nine veils, it's all about piercing the nine veils. And once you get to about veil uh, four, you realize that there are secret societies that are behind everything that have the technology to do interstellar travel and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you have to pierce the veils if if you. Uh, and most people don't. They 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 come to the world and don't. Uh, you know, pierce any veils. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so the white dragon, are they the Chinese or you're just saying they're Asian? And then the red dragon. They're, yeah, they're, they're, the they're, 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 they're an Asian secret society, but they're involved. Uh, Benjamin Fulford, you know, they're, they are involved uh-huh. in, in bringing, in bringing down the cabal. Like that is what is happening right now. Okay. Um, if, if you look, so then if, if, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like right now, that is exactly what's happening. Um, uh, and, and you can cue on, there's a map that came out, a cartography map of the whole entire um, conspiracy, and it connects every single point in the conspiracy for people to see that there's actually something being done behind the scenes right now. Um, so, okay. and, and, and that, that that's actually... That? Yeah. yeah, that's the A and on, is that a website? Uh, Yes. This is the third time this has come at me in two days, so I always go. That's where I'm supposed to go. Um, It's uh, it's the QAnon map, and and you can type that in. But it's a cartography map, a very high intelligence. It's it's very very high intelligence, like above, way above top secret. There's you know there's 38 levels of clearance classification, and this one, Mm -hmm. this is so far up there that it's no one would believe it. You know that that's how far up there it is, but. If you can um, connect the dots and look at it, you'll see that it's the conspiracy unraveled. And then you'll see that there's a force behind it that was obviously able to unravel this. And that's how we know mm-hmm. that this is happening. The cabal is going down. And, um, and <laughs> it's... So let's define it's, that. Let's, uh, as they use on the news, let's unpack that. Who, who are the 
the cabal because that's is thrown around the Illuminati, the cabal. Okay, I'll just say right now, um, Hillary, right. Bill, George Bush, those people, they are the cabal and they are they are reptilians. They're at the top of the pyramid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm and I've seen them in their true form. So I'll say that as well. Because I've actually done escort missions for them uh, when I was in, in Monarch. And, and I remember the memories of actually being in the back of a Suburban um, with Bill and Hillary and escorting them to um, different um, uh, parties. And, um, and I remember seeing them uh, shapeshift. Was Reagan one of them? And Reagan's good. Reagan was doing the right thing. He was with Kennedy and everyone else. And, and that's why he almost got assassinated. <laughs> Yeah, because the, the assassin that I knew, and he's now deceased, um, worked for Reagan. And so he would, uh, he did like 135 kills. Um, you know, he, he thought he was a good person, <laughs> you know. I That's not a good person. I mean, I mean it's, uh, killing is not the way to the uh, to peace. Not a good thing. But he, he said it was people like, you know, they go identify that this person would, um, you know, do something horrendous for, you know, I don't know. I don't know why, how they decided, but Reagan apparently talked to him every night because um, Tom Morris was part of the, of the previous generation, and uh, he was um, in area or wherever it was area wherever that was where the Roswell craft was. And so this, I you know, I'm in the middle of life and interviewing these people for years and getting this story. So this is really fascinating. But uh, so the, I, it would be great. Is there is there a um okay you're saying read this map it looks kind of it doesn't really look like much that i pulled up so i will have to go i'm actually writing a book right now i'm i'm working on my second book that's actually involved with every single point on in that map and connecting it i'm i'm writing a book about um every single point that you see on that map i'm i'm connecting it all because it's all connected and that shows it and and then once you're able to see it, you see everything. Because before I received that map, I actually received a um, a dream before, and it was um, of Donald mm-hmm. Trump. And and um, and it was he was uh, he. I was on stage with Donald Trump, and he gave me a piece of paper that had gum on it, and he was removing the gum. Okay, he was removing the gum, and then he told me to take the stage. And then um, one of my mentors, who uh, his name Rampa is, is Rampa the Enlightened One. He's been a, a very, very prominent mentor in my life. He came in my dream afterwards and, um, and pretty much told me to focus. And then that map came into my, um, my, my, my world the next day. So you're talking about JC Knight? Yes, I am. Okay, because I was just at her Yelm. I, I was at her place when we were uh, blown over to do the Yelm um, UFO conference last. That's summer. that's that's awesome. That's Abramtha is is I can talk about Ramtha for a long time and the influence that he's had on me and it's very important too mm-hmm. because he's actually involved with backing Trump because when Trump actually uh, you can see it on the uh, on when back in December um, on, on Fox News there were um, two UFOs that were um, photographed uh, with Trump's airplane and that's when Trump actually um, saw the um, technology and then he knew and then that's when uh, he started getting brought in to uh, the secret space program and what's going on um, the things that Hillary and Bill and all of them have been hiding all the trillions of dollars have have gone into this and he knows about it now 
and now now he's going to be bringing it to back to the people and that's what he was talking about and in his in his inauguration speech when he was talking about bringing it back to the people because he knows right. what what's what it's been all about <laughs> well, i have to just put it out there and we, we're all here adults we could talk about it but i do not like the man <laughs> So I'll just say that. So lots of um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a good or bad man. I'm just saying he's the man. Uh, because if Hillary would have won, uh, we would be in a war with Russia. We'd be in a different timeline. But he was the one to not be uh, seduced by the cabal's influence to be able to break this and, 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 and allow us to. My hypothesis, my theory, my whatever I'm getting is that he's part of it. That anybody has over a billion dollars, all part of it. They're all the good old boys club. And they all, you know, they have their little fronts that they put out to the world, but behind the scenes, they're all in bed together. And that's what I'm getting. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, my friend is George Reed, and he said back in the day, uh, they wanted him to become the financial advisor for the next president. And he says, oh, well, who's that? And then he said, well, it's Jimmy Carter. And he goes, well, is Jimmy a Democrat? I never heard of him. Is he a Democrat or Republican? And he says, well, it doesn't matter. He's just going to be next president. And, you know, we have everybody. You know, they're all, they're all of ours. They all belong to us. So um, uh, George Green had been at the, um, what we call it, the derivatives that crashed the financial market. Now he's on the way to try to make up for what he did because all these people that lost their homes and their mortgages did so because he invented the system that they implemented. So there's a lot of karma going around here. But I, I just want to caution that I don't have the answer for the the information that I've been getting throughout the years is that don't trust anybody that has over a billion dollars. Just don't trust them. They're, they're all together. And then my husband and I are Anunnaki researchers, so I'm, interesting, I'm interested in uh, going back through this timeline, like where, where are the Anunnaki? Um, you know, we have all this information that some left. I think it's Mark Duke right now is the head of that pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just want to chime in for one second there um, about, about, the, about the Anunnaki. Um, like for a long time, uh, the uh, the Rawcom Rothschild family, they were the uh, the ones that were at the top of the pyramid, and and they kind of like controlled the inner circle families, and uh, that that it was like that uh, right up until recently, um, but uh, like around 2012, this uh, civil war started within the inner circle. Uh, and that's where you have like all these different uh, ICC groups uh, fighting amongst each other. So like Kruger is one of the ICC groups and uh, they kind of bought their way uh, into power temporarily. And uh, the Rothschild Rockcom family, they're really good at doing strategic retreats. So they'll allow an inner circle family uh, to temporarily take power. And they will kind of just kind of retreat to the shadows for a little bit. And then that way people kind of let down their guard because they think, okay, like uh, now we have a different faction in power. Things are going to change. But what will happen is once uh, Trump is like out of office, then they'll just put someone back in power uh, that um, is, is actually a part of the Rawcom Rothschild family. Now, hopefully... Um, we have a window of time where hopefully we can steer the timeline so that uh, history doesn't repeat itself and uh, and we don't have like the Rawcoms back in power because um, they are the uh, mid-level managers of planet Earth and they were put in power by Amon Ra Marduk. So you're absolutely right about that. 
Um, but there's the civil war going on because there's so many different factions and there's so many different uh, programs running out there that they've become so powerful um, in terms of technology, doing trade with various ET species that they actually have the power to take on the Rothschilds for the very first time. So there's this massive civil war going on. So I just wanted to mention that, that it's very messy and complicated right now. Uh, you know, even, even 20, 30 years ago, it was um, a little simpler in terms of like, one family, one group. They're, you're right. They're all in bed together. They they were all in. It was just like you know, like um, one group kind of controlling everything. Um, not counting the Fourth Reich, of course, but they're more off planet. But anyway, the point is now um, all these different ICC groups are actually starting to fight with each other, and they're actually losing containment because of the civil war. Uh, so anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, in, in, 12, in 12, 21, 12, 2012, that was actually the return of the gods. And there were two, two factions. They came in, and, and uh, Marduk was here. And, and Nanar, uh, Anu stepped down from Nibiru, and he gave uh, command of Nibiru, or he gave Nibiru's kingship to Nanar. So Nanar came back, and he's challenging Marduk. And I'm talking to a fractal of Marduk right now. I've been talking to him for about a year, and I won't mention his name. I think he's going bonkers, and I just got wind that he's trying to, um, yeah, he, he's the one behind. He wants to raise Lemuria and Atlantis again. So he's going to, you know, his agenda is to launch some kind of war in the nukes so that it reverses and goes back to what it was before. I hope that's not true, but if this gets very perverse when you start getting all the, the stories behind the stories and, and um but I, I just wanted to caution, be careful who you trust and you put on, you, you, you assign them a white hat, because they're not. They're not. This, this game is so perverted. And anyway, I, I, we're going a little off track here, but I think um, we need to go back and get the little piece of the puzzle that you guys have, which is so freaking awesome. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Um, when we come back... Yeah, when we come back, ahead. there's something KJ, um, she knows something uh, really profound about all three of us, um, something called the 1979 Gamma Ray incident. And uh, I think uh, when okay. we come back, we should give her a chance to talk about that because that's, uh, that's a recall okay, where, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, we got about a minute before the break. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Okay. So basically, they have looking glass technology. They kind of knew this was going to be going on right now. This is why there's so many programs in place. So they they created programs like Project Oak Tree, where uh, they knew all these spirits were going to be coming into the planet, and they mm -hmm. had to find they had to find out who was who. And basically, it's all based on uh, who you are genetically, soul wise, what your potential is to steer the potential timelines that are coming up in the future and they groom you from, you know, this is what Hollywood is about and all these MKUltra projects and et cetera. It, it's like a steamroll of, because they know what's coming. So now it's, it seems very confusing and the history is just jumbled up because it keeps changing and timeline insertion with the time travel. So uh, it is very confusing. It's like a it's like a web of information, and uh, you really got to kind of need to know who you are as yourself first. Yeah, and that's a great time to break your we'll back, KJ and everybody. Uh, and what is sacred matrix? Sacred matrix. Team five. Sacred matrix.
Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Some more speed records in this day and age. You need coverage. Coverage? Oh, you mean them little root weevils that crawl around popping off cameras in your face? Those root weevils write history. Many of you know that quote by Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Well, you can, and Event Horizons will give you those truths. When you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in Network, you'll know just what to do. We will draw you in and become your news addiction at Event Horizons. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time at freedomslips.com. Revolution Radio. Our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hila Cass, MD, Melanie Richen, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trallo, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, DODDS, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. If uh, you decide not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here. Revolution Radio. Freedomslips.com. Where information never sleeps. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a megavirus or computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? phone numbers we'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com yes that's www.freedomslips.com click the banner on the homepage for the emp proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer so folks keep your data safe for your peace of mind revolution radio freedomslips.com you don't need to expect us we're already here Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth-dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A. 
for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they a government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part, and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You calm down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Well, that didn't work. I'm going to have to get this all set back up again. Boy, this can be fun sometimes. I think Janet has joined us back. I'm here. Are we live? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. Let me do our little uh, welcome we, we, back one second here. We had a little okay. glitch. Sorry. What's happened? I said we had a little glitch. Sorry. 
Oh, it's okay. Glitches are us, yeah. Okay, so we're back. I'm Janet Carelesson. This is the Sacred Matrix. And uh, my co-host, Dr. Sasha Lesson, will not be joining us, it looks like, but he may come in last minute. Our producer is Thomas Becker. Uh, we're here on a panel with Kevin Trimmel, Anthony Zender, and KJ Scoops. But before we go back to our show, I'd like to remind everybody to please go over to that donation button on revolution.radio and donate what you can or five fifteen twenty a hundred a million whatever you can donate is <laughs> greatly appreciated it helps us stay in the air uh mad painter do you have our stats where are we and what do we need to bring in yes. this month yes ma'am we got uh, 787 and we need 2650 and we have a special going if you send in 50 dollars nighthawk will send you a uh don't tread on me flag three by five i believe it is Oh, wonderful! And uh, right now, uh, if you get, you need to get your seed packs if you want to get planting uh, in this this spring. Uh, Thirty-five thousand five hundred seeds, fifty-six varieties for a hundred dollars. Oh, yeah! You know, um, we should tell Laura Eisenhower she's going out to learn how to do all this uh, farming right now. She's going to a workshop, so. Uh, she probably would really appreciate that. <laughs> I'll have to send her a message. All right, so when we left at our commercial break, uh, we're going to pass the baton back to Kevin, who's going to segue into KJ, and then we will pass it to Anthony. And that may just about eat up the last hour. But go on ahead, Kevin, and say what you were going to say. We're all ears. Sure, thanks, Janet. Um, yeah, this kind of just um, goes back a little bit to what uh, KJ was talking about, talking about at the beginning, and um, that has to do with, uh, you know, when, when it all starts to sink in and, it, uh, and you get the bleed through memories, uh, you can get triggered by other people doing interviews, especially if you have um, recalls with them, you'll see someone do an interview and you'll recognize that person, and then you'll get triggered um, in that way. But then also movies too. Um, like for me, uh, uh, in, in November 2008, uh, I was 19 years old, and um, I actually thought that that was the first time I was picked up. And um, and uh, it wasn't until I met KJ that uh, she actually remembers me from a mission when um, I was eight years old. Now, I still don't have any uh, recall of that um, that SSP term from when I was a child. My, my memory kicks in when I was 19. But... Um, What's interesting, though, is uh, in terms of getting triggered by movies, is in 2009, about six or seven months after uh, um, the I walked under the TR3, um, that, that the first uh, remake of the Star Trek movies came out in 2009. J.J. Uh, Abrams, he did the, the new Star Trek movie. And there's that opening scene with the USS Kelvin, and, um, you know, it gets blown to bits. And uh, I just think it's interesting that... Uh, you know, like most people, when they saw that movie in the movie theater, like they're like, oh my God, like they're thinking in their head, like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like the graphics are amazing. This is like, what a great start to the, like to relaunch the franchise. So everyone was um, really excited, like in the movie theater. But for me, when I was witnessing this um, ship being um, blown up, I started vibrating and, f and f like freaking out. And I almost felt like I was on a roller coaster. Like I got motion sickness watching the craft like spinning wow. as it's like blowing up and everyone's like running to the escape pods. And again, that's not like a normal response. Like like in a movie theater, when you're watching like the opening scene of a sci-fi and, and everyone else in the theater is like super excited because it's like an action packed, awesome scene. 
and you're actually having like a little breakdown because you're getting triggered by witnessing um, a craft, you know, being uh, attacked and blown up. And it's like what KJ said earlier, like, um, you know, you'll, you'll get triggered and you'll just like want to cry and you don't even understand why this heavy feeling is setting in. But what it is, it's, um, yeah, your deep subconscious remembers everything. The blank slating only works on the conscious mind, but your soul or your Mm -hmm. deep subconscious, it's holding on to this trauma. So when you get triggered, your conscious mind still doesn't quite understand why you're crying or why this, like you have this impending feeling of doom and that's classic PTSD. Um, so a lot of people that have been using the program, they'll get triggered um, from a movie or, or watching an interview with someone, especially if that uh, is someone they actually did a mission with um, or served with. Um, so I wanted KJ to talk about well, let me Let that. me say one thing, like, sure. because you just, <laughs> just sparked up. This is why I'm a hypnotherapist. My sister-in-law um, has the International Hypnosis Federation. And I said, how do we work with these people? <laughs> they had to have these memories. They said... She said the same thing. The reason why we can uh, recover these things is this: what you said. Even though they put all this stuff in to make us uh, brain wipe, you know, it doesn't work. It, because you can go to the over soul, to the higher soul, to the, the to the eternal being. And you can ask them anything and get it back at any time. So, uh, but that, that's why the government or the powers that be or whoever they are, uh, work so hard to put in hard, you know, almost try to hardwire the programming into everybody but that was the problem they had at montauk people just kept waking up so that's why i think they put the suicide thing in so you won't wake up you'll do suicide <laughs> but then again as, a, as penny was saying that death is not an option if they want you if they want to revive you they just revive you right so okay finish what you're saying and then we'll pass it to kj sure sure yeah I, did, I just wanted to point that out that um um, you can kind of gauge your responses if, if you've been through um, this, uh, like been through the program. You can kind of gauge your responses because they're not going to be quite normal, like like getting triggered by a sci-fi movie or or mm-hmm. like yeah, like seeing a UFO um, and you start and you start to cry. Um, it's because it's um, it's triggering uh, that memory of being abducted, or it's possible you were actually taken. This is something that's come through um, in in the channeling um, that Carl Mollison has done where um, people, they'll say like, oh, like what really happened during that UFO experience when I was camping and we saw the UFO hovering over the lake? And then what, what, uh, when someone does either quantum healing hypnosis or higher self-channeling, they'll find out that that UFO incident where they thought it was just a sighting, it was actually an abduction that occurred, but they're not con- they weren't conscious of it. They just remember the craft showing up and, right. then leave- and leaving, and the middle part is actually gone. And then, so, but it's still within their deep subconscious. So later, like years and years later, when the blank slating starts to break down, uh, yeah, they'll just be watching like a, a sci-fi movie, like a Star Trek or even like a Star Wars, and it... Uh, all of a sudden they'll get triggered by a scene and they'll literally have a little breakdown. And that, again, that's not like a normal response to watching a sci-fi, especially a sci-fi that's kind of marketed more towards children. It's not like that um, dark or scary, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but if it can trigger that kind of response and so on, it means that there's something much deeper um, going on there. Uh, But anyway, I just, I'd like to pass it to KJ because she has this memory of um, something called the 1979 gamma ray incident. And, uh, we feel this is really important because um, um, it involves um, a satellite that was taken out. And it's interesting that the modern day version of the Solar Warden program was launched 
1980, um, just after this event. And uh, it appears mm-hmm. that, um, uh, again, like one faction had to fight against another faction in order to launch uh, Solar Warden. So anyway, without giving away anything more, KJ, it's all yours. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, thanks for that. And yeah, movies too. Yeah, the movie Fire in the Sky has huge triggers for a lot of us. Um, and torture. Oh. I can't. I can't. I can't watch torture movies. I, when I was younger, like I could, but after I started remembering, I can't watch. It gives me like an adverse body reaction. So, I, because mm-hmm. and I'm I'm highly empathic too. So it's like I kind of actually do feel. I can feel the pain from what I see through memories. So, yeah, it's there are a lot of triggers. But um, okay, you yeah. Fire in the sky. Uh, made was that is that something to do with 79 i i know travis it old. Well. it's old i saw it i think on hbo like back in the day but uh yeah uh-huh. i saw it and i there's a scene in there where it's like showing inside a ship and it's just like cages stacked on top of each other with people in them and that like made me like i had to turn it off like it was so yeah it hit me pretty hard because i was like i've seen that before you know but wh- how, where and how, you know, you get a lot of that. Like, I don't know why I know this, but I do. And, um, you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Travis got abducted in 75. Yeah. Um, and it seems that fire in the sky, why did they say it was 93? No, wasn't earlier than that. Maybe it was. Uh, okay. I think the movie anyway. came out in 93, but yeah. So the yeah. movie's in 93, but his abduction was in, in 79. Okay. Yeah, and I've talked to him. He said that was Hollywood. So why was Hollywood taking his story and turning it into this shit stuff? That's a good question, right? Okay, so go ahead. Continue. Yeah, yeah, I think Hollywood has free reign to kind of show us all potential timelines. So Mm -hmm. you can literally find a movie anywhere, somewhere that has some sort of memory or or seems like it's like your life. it's there's a lot of potential timelines that they try to kind of get into our minds and that's more confusion you know they can further Mm -hmm. pinpoint who we are by our interests and all that stuff so um they know who we are before we we got here they know we're coming they knew who our parents are my mom was generation two um and my grandfather's generation one so anyways i'll get to this so we don't run out of time but uh uh, as Kevin was saying, um, we did a round table in October where we talked about this and that's kind of the only place where it's talked about at this point. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I knew about an incident that happened in 1979. Uh, and I, I had the memory originally had been vaguely in my mind, but I had the first super soldier person that I had like learned about was Duncan O'Finian and his story about being in Vietnam had triggered this with the way he described it, I was like, oh my God, like, why does this seem so familiar? So I'll get to uh, this incident. So basically, uh, there's a whole bunch of people that were involved. I would say uh, 22 children that I can see. I don't think there's any more than that, but uh, I've been trying to tap into more about it. Um, All of these people were are different ages on this like organic timeline that we're on right now and i believe this is the timeline that has like a lot of offshoot timeline uh a secret space program terms and 
it's kind of, I believe you, everybody needs to stay on the organic timeline. But uh, uh, we were, basically they take you at an early age or up usually, uh, I've seen it before one years old actually, and then up to an adult, they still take people. Um, but uh, these children, uh, basically I was taken out of my timeline at age nine uh, and sent on to a, a secret space program term and all of the other children on this list also at different times were taken wherever they were taken and they were trained in whatever it is that they were going to do in this case it was basically a psionic ability that everybody had training in and um at one point in history uh they kind of gathered up all the kids on their terms and they brought them to san diego uh in 1979 and that that was done through uh a jump room technology and um there's a naval base there point loma which is a submarine naval base and they loaded uh by the way too the children always jumped with a, a guardian so we all had a uh, some sort of guardian and it's all it's somebody that's like a parent or a family member or some somebody that we know and they mm-hmm. never go alone, and they're in altered states. Um, and they went with us, and we. Uh, it takes about two hours, I believe, from San Diego to Australia in a submarine. And they brought everybody there, and uh, it's a place called Exmouth, and that's spelled E-X-M-O-U-T-H, Australia. E-X-M-O-U-T-H. So wait, you were in a jump room and then you're in a, you're in a submarine? How did you get from one to the other? I got confused there. So all of these children are, are from the future. So we all were on our okay. own time wherever we were. So I don't, I haven't tracked like what times everybody was on okay. their, their terms. But they took those kids, kind of grabbed them up from their spot and they all jumped from where they were and they landed in San Diego in 1979. So this is involving time travel and world displacement. Okay. Um, And I also had a lot of bloody noses as kids. That's a sign of temporal displacement. So, Uh um, so we, we went to Exmouth, Australia and there's a huge facility there. You can look up pictures online. Um, I'm not sure. I I assume it's on a large uh, energy pocket on the planet, which would coincide with mm-hmm. children's abilities. So, uh, they, they got everybody out of the submarine and gathered hands. Uh, and then they, there was a boy in the middle and it was, it lasted about 15 minutes, maybe. I mean, it could have been even less. Um, and we basically generated a, a psionic blast, which, uh, uh, destroyed a satellite that was, in- oh. That was within their atmosphere, and it, or it was just, it was, it was within uh, sight. So everybody on the Earth actually witnessed like a, like a flash, like an explosion. And it's, uh-huh. it's and so NASA released a statement stating that it was called the uh, 1979 gamma ray incident, which is you can. Tell oh, okay. There's information on it in the Astrophysical Journal in 1980, which I don't have with me right now. But we talk about it in our roundtable. And uh, so everybody wanted to know what it was. So it did make headlines. And uh, 
they didn't really have a smoking gun. They just sort of said it was an incident. Uh, they based it off astrophysics and their observations. But they said it was uh, viewable from spacecraft. And uh, so that was it. That was my memory. And then they... Was uh, that intentional? The day in 10? Was that was this some kind of uh, satellite causing some kind of disturbance or danger? Yeah, for the opposite. This what was, was the very negative. purpose of... This uh, satellite uh, was here to protect us in some way. And uh, so oh, okay. I, we were, I remember that we, everybody was wearing black. That's all. I re- and then there was like a patch. We had a patch that uh, kind of signified our group, I guess. But they put us back in the sub and we went back to San Diego. That was it. Uh, and it just is kind of like a job. There wasn't any emotion or shaking hands or reunions it was just in and out and then back to point loma and then we just went back to wherever we came from in the future and then at that point i don't know what happened to everybody but i came back to this or this timeline you know minutes after i left so and that that's the case for everybody however whatever age group and i have the list of how old everybody was but this happened before Kevin was born. <laughs> so, and it, right. it would have been, here I is, been uh, years old. It was March 5th of 79, the gamma ray transient. It's on the internet. And it, it's coming from the normal perspective that it was. Um, I just want to add something. Nine, which I, go uh, ahead. Yeah. Um, my guardian, when um, KJ was able to like remote view the past, my guardian was uh, my great uncle. And, um, and if I was eight mm-hmm. years old at the time, that meant that would mean it would have been around like when they grabbed me, it would have been like around ninety-seven, because I was born in late eighty-eight, December of eighty-eight, so basically eighty-nine. So it would have been when I was eight, I, I was eight years old in um ninety-seven. And what's interesting is my great uncle, um, he was alive at that time. And he was in the Navy. He was a uh, communications officer that served in World War Two and also in, in Korea. And um it's just interesting that um, that detail does add up because uh, he, he died in the early 2000s, but in 97, he right. was alive when I was eight, which is key because think about it. If, <laughs> if, he w- if, he was, if he wasn't alive when I was eight, then, you know, for me, it'd be harder to believe that, um, you know what I mean? Like that he was actually uh, my guardian, but, um, but he was, he was, he was alive at that time still. Uh, he was actually my great, great uncle Bill. And um, uh-huh. anyway, anyway, I just I just thought I'd add that uh, detail because uh, well, it's I've it's it's interesting. It, yeah, it, that's very interesting, and it, it ties in with Andrew Bushago. But Andrew's father was conscious, uh, but Andy always went uh, through with well several times went through with a a guardian, like you're saying, someone that yeah. And then that 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 series uh, Fringe shows the professor taking his son. And that's, uh, you know, kind of the story that there's... Yeah, yeah, Walter Bishop and, and Peter, when they go through um, to the other side there, that, that's totally based yes. on Andrew Bishago and his father, absolutely. And, um, yeah, they, right. they do, they do uh, it, they always send you, when you're, um, like, under 18 years old with a guardian, um, usually a family member, but it's usually a family member that, um, even though they are in an altered state and they blank slate everybody, it's usually a family member that also has um, a certain level of expertise or has been in the program themselves, so... For me, um, the only other person that um, I feel 
in my family would have been used in the program was my great uncle Bill, because he was a, a Freemason and um, in the Navy as a communications officer during, you know, two, you know, World War Two and then Korea as well. Right. Um, but but anyway, uh, KJ, go on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my my Thanks. grandfather uh, was also a communications expert in the military. He went to Paris Island, uh, where that's where a lot of you hear a lot about the the Gen One soldiers being kind of brainwashed and the the MK Ultra stuff. My grandfather wouldn't say anything about the war. I asked, but uh, yeah. So where was I? So that this is the incident. Yeah. I I don't know if you want me to give the list of names because some of them are public super soldiers or or experiencers or whatever they call themselves but and some so are this not was the list of uh 22 children yeah and i know I, I can't name all of them because uh some of them i don't have permission to release their name and right. um and but the how other did one you get this list i re i tracked it that's what i do oh, you tracked um it. yeah wow. when i okay. when i was in the uh programs i was used as a psionic tracker and uh like you you know how you're talking about how you're in a lot of places and how do you remember and it is part of your soul but it's also your biofeedback that you're you let off so um if you mm -hmm. can imagine you do many terms uh if you're like 20 years old on this timeline if you add up all the years that you've been gone and back i mean there's people that are like hundreds of years old technically right. that all that all carries biofeedback so that all can it lets off a frequency that you can connect to this is like when you see like the, you know the a simple version of what i'm talking about is like when a psychic tracks a missing person they can pick up that mm -hmm. biofeedback or like i had to find a cat yesterday so I, you know i i try to kind of use it when i can to <laughs> if something's missing too so um, you pick up on feedback, biofeedback. So, and I've, I've known about this incident for years, actually, but uh, I've been tracking for years. And uh, So, with this, um, this, this, you have permission of the of some of the 22 people, but we're not going to mention anybody's name that you do not have their permission. So, I think it's okay. Uh, what do you yeah. guys think? Okay for KJ to name the names? Yeah, well, I, I sure. talked about ahead. it on our uh, roundtable. I, I listed the names um, and the people, some people I haven't talked to, but they're public. So uh, okay. that's kind of like, I, I, I think that would be okay. Um, okay, okay, so, sure. and there's actually three that I didn't identify, but I know that they're involved and it's a male or female, so I haven't found them yet. But, uh, okay. So uh, the first one, which I talked about, actually, is Duncan O'Finian. Um, he was age 14. Um, and I'm just going down my list. Max Spears, uh, he was age 13. Um, James Caswell, he's age 9. Miranda Kelly uh, is age 10. I have my list in front of me. Uh, wow. Anthony, Anthony Zender, <laughs> he's 10. Kevin uh, Trimmel, age eight, uh, myself, age nine. Uh, Bill Brockbrader was age seven. Um, Ogtelez was age eight. Uh, there's the, the, I'm naming the people that are more public. Uh, the David Corso was age 12 at this instant. Um, Michael Spindler, who is not 
too public, but he has been a little public. He was age five. Um, a person named Ilkana, who was age five. John Bond, who is age nine. Um, there's another person that's male that I can't name. A person named Ghost Stone, who's age 10. And another male who I can't name. Uh, a f- another female who I can't name. Uh, one. One other male and one other female who I can't name. And then, uh, oh, and um, we actually identified another person since the last round table, which is Michelle. Um, and she just recently became public because she was one of the females. Right, you're fading out. Say that again. Another person, and then you faded out. Say that again, please. Uh, another woman named Rochelle. What's what's Rochelle's last name? I'm sorry. Uh, I believe it's Stanforth. Uh, she's in Australia. She's based out of Australia, uh, oddly enough. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, wow. So, um, yeah, that's my list, and they're the the remaining are unidentified at this point. Um, I do plan mm-hmm. on tracking them, but. Uh, it's been a lot of incidents have happened since we did our last roundtable. So I've been extremely busy dealing with life and uh, remote attacks, covert stuff. So um, and happens. So yeah, tracking takes a lot of energy and it's, it's it it can take a while. So I have to really be like in the the zone, so to speak, to happen. Is there some significance to the number of, uh, you know, 22 children, you know, was there that relevant to sure, that sure specific number? I'm sure there is. Um, they all love numbers, all the, the you know, the societies and the, the uh, uh-huh. factions. They lo- uh, I, I haven't looked into that, but that's a good question, actually. I'm sure. Right. Been- and then the location, the location uh, of this X month. X mouth, X. I need to pull that up, but that yeah, is that it has interesting photos. Uh, I guess it's a harp facility, uh, but if you look at and Google images of the the place, it's kind of wild. <laughs> so I can say oh, okay. take a search of it. All right. Anything uh, that any of you want to ask? KJ, before we pass the baton over to uh, who's next, um, go ahead. Anthony was next. Okay, go ahead. Anybody have any questions about that incident? Feedback, comments? Um, I, I just wanted to mention that, um, that the yeah, whole point of, of that satellite being taken out, it was uh, that satellite, for whatever reason, was in the way of them successfully launching the Solar Warden program. And that satellite. Oh, yeah, be- so let's go to that. Yeah, it had to be taken out in order for Solar Warden. Whose satellite was it? And what was its purpose? Does anybody know that? Uh, I, I don't know that. Um, I, I just know that it was um, a satellite that was um, protecting um, people on the planet. Um, I don't I don't know whose satellite it was. That's something we would probably I, have to remote view in the future, unless you know, KJ. I don't know exactly who it was. It was I just know that it was something that had to do with an alliance, an alliance of some groups or species that were helping us out. Um, and like he said, solar warden kind of rolled out into the public shortly after that. And in between that, as we mentioned in our round table was this Phil Schneider incident right after that. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. The Dulce firefight. So, uh, 
Yes. So that was in uh, late August of 1979. So uh, what happened was there's a couple things they had to do Solar Warden before they could launch. They had to take out this satellite, which appears to be more of an ET controlled satellite that was actually protecting us. I, I'm not exactly sure which ETs were involved. But then also, too, they were expanding out the uh, Dulce base. And uh, that's when um, the testimony of Phil Schneider comes in, where uh, 66 Secret Service agents um, were killed um, when they sent them down into that hole. And um, uh, Phil was wounded. Uh, he lost his fingers, and um, he had um, he, he was hit by like a plasma weapon, and his um right. it, it like opened him up like a fish. So he had that huge scar going down his belly, and uh, that one of the reasons why they took took him out like he uh, was because he was like a physical piece of ev- evidence. He was a, a geologist mm-hmm. engineer that was um, hired as a contractor um, by the military to expand El Dulce, and um, and uh, he was a physical piece of evidence, and. Uh, he, he gave that testimony in, like, November of 95, and then by January um, of 96, um, he was found shot in the head. And there's a bunch of weird stuff um, surrounding his death, too, which we talked about around table. strangled? But. I thought Phil Schneider was, was strangled. Well, as you said, there's a couple... There's a couple causes of death, but what's weird is, like, it's almost like a, a Rasputin thing where, like, he... Right. They, they, they say it's a suicide, except... Some accounts say, oh, he was found, like, shot in the back of the head, uh, military-style execution. Others say, um, oh, he was found with a cord wrapped around his neck. All they're suspicious in terms of committing suicide. Typically, you don't strangle yourself. Typically, you don't shoot yourself in the back of the head. Um, And and then there's also (laughs) accounts that says that that both happened. (laughs) So, yeah. I just want to mention, too, the... Oh, go ahead, the, the, the photos that you see online of Phil Schneider's body, um, I analyzed those really closely. And in my own opinion, I took uh, quite a few courses in um, special effects makeup for uh, horror mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And we went over makeup and shading. And I, I, I believe those photos are extremely doctored up with some really poor, poor uh, special effects makeup to make, look at like bruises and stuff. It doesn't look that good. It's definitely, those photos are definitely doctored up. The old way, probably before Photoshop. <laughs> right. So, uh, I have a question. Um, is that Phil schneider Dulce incident the same one that Mark Richards, uh, are you familiar with the Mark Richards story? Where he went in and rescued all the uh, the sex slaves and the, the women that were being genetically mutilated. And they, there was like, they got out with several thousand but there were tens of thousands that died and I, I get confused that that was at Dulce as well um, that, 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 rescue, uh, that rescue um, may have happened at Dulce but uh, in 1979 what, what happened with uh, Phil was they were um, drilling down um, um, uh, at building an addition onto Dulce like expanding you know the deep underground military base so they were drilling down and um, they actually drilled down and, and hit um a cavern where some greys were had their own internal base and you'll find that a lot with a mm-hmm. lot of the under uh the, the military will build their bases really really close to other et bases that they're um working with and um mm-hmm. and so what happened was they did not um the government already knew where everything was but um they didn't uh let the engineers and contractors know about the et stuff so these guys Mm. um, start drilling holes to build out this base and they accidentally hit 
um, and drilled into a gray uh, installation. And so all this um, stinking air came up and they're like, well, there's, it's hollow down there. We found a cavern. So they sent Phil down in the basket first as the geologist just, oh. to, ch- just to check it out because they're like, we just hit uh, like a pocket. Like that's not supposed to be here. We found this weird underground cavern. We need to know what's down there before we start drilling and, and build out this base. So when they sent him down into the basket, uh, he was like horrified when two tall greys were standing there waiting for him and um, actually um, shot him with a plasma beam weapon and um, a green beret was with him and um, the uh, the green beret um, uh, picked him up, threw him back into the basket, hit the button, sent Phil up and then the green beret was killed and then they sent down another 65 um, uh, like, uh, you know, like special ops guys um, or I guess secret service agents and um they sent down those 65 men and they didn't come back up. And then <laughs> that's, that's where Phil's uh, uh, testimony ends. Cause uh, once he was shot, and he didn't, you know, he was pretty out of it at that point. But um, anyway, are you, familiar with, are you familiar with Dr. Michael Wolf's story? He said he was part of that and he got hit and then that's why he developed cancer and he died relatively young, but he so uh, apparently was, wasn't involved with making the, uh, like the clones, the original clone, the original model, and then they were cloned. Are you familiar with that story? Uh, no, sorry, I'm not. Schneider's. That's okay. We won't go into it. We'll we'll save that for another day. Okay, <laughs> we got a lot to cover here. Um, who who wants to talk now? Just random. Pop yeah, I'll go. I'll go now. Go yeah, I think it's Anthony's okay, turn. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just. Uh... Uh, I'll just elaborate on what KJ was saying because, uh, you know, when I first came uh, upon Awakening, I came upon Duncan O'Finian and his story about uh, being in Vietnam and having the children join hands and um, create the the blast. But I didn't know everything behind it. And little did I know that I was actually involved in it <laughs> until KJ came <laughs> along <laughs> and uh, and gave me that information. So. And then so it was why even did they do crit- a blast in Vietnam? You're saying that they did the same thing in Vietnam. They brought the children well, together. It was during I that mean, time. Why children, not adults? Yeah. But the, they made the, a blast. Obviously the You're children have the, the psionic abilities. You know, they, they are more mm-hmm. prominent for the psionic abilities. That's why they take the children and train them young mm-hmm. and do all that. But um, basically I found out that I was involved in that. And then that made me realize that, you know, I, I did have the abilities, and then I started remembering um, missions that I've been on where I've actually been using these abilities. And, and um, the most recent one is actually, because I'm still active right now, like as a super soldier, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still getting taken. Um, you know, there's there there's people, I'll, you know, because I, I, I don't have a car, I walk everywhere I go, um, but there's, um, you know, handlers that I have uh, that know, where I'm at at all times and um and you know they'll they'll show up in my path you know I'll be walking along and uh, there'll be there'll be someone from the the program along my path and they'll approach me <laughs> and uh you know Whoa. and yeah yeah it's it's very uh, evident that they they are who they are but they're not saying exactly who they are you know um but that's you know just to show you that you're still active and um pretty much um I, I every single night for me, I'm remembering um, missions. Um, when I had my files read to me, I, I at the time I had been on four thousand one hundred thirty-eight, um, and every night I'm remembering those. And 
Um, the the most pro- the most significant the most recent one uh, was where um, I was actually in London and um, we were in a, a deep, deep underground military base and uh, we were there rescuing um, the children in a in a base that were being used to um, you know abused um, you know raped tortured just everything that they do to them um, but I was on a rescue mission. Um, and I, I had to use um, telekinesis and levitation, and I mean it's it's no joke when you have to do this because uh, you know the energy that's involved in it. I mean, people. The thing is, though, is that sometimes uh, doing noble things, um, you know, killing has to happen. You know, and um, yeah. that's what Kruger Kruger is actually involved in. They only kill when it's necessary. You know, um, these other SSP who's groups. Kr- will, who's Kruger? Uh, a Kruger is a, is a group, uh, is, a, is a breakaway group that actually broke away from uh, the breakaway groups that were doing all of the, uh, you know, negative things to people. Um, but they're now in, in humanity's best interest. They're working with, um, you know, the good, the good guys, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but still, dirty things need to be done, you know. And uh, that that that's just the the way of black operations. And um, so basically, in this mission, um, we were in a um, underground military base, and you know, I I had to do what I had to do um, to um, get these uh, kids out. They were teenagers, and uh, I remember escaping the base, and um, and we were on a coast a coastline, and then I actually had a run in with a uh, with a monarch runner. And um, I, I'm actually a runner too. And and what runners are are they they have the ability to uh, do what is called um, quantum breaking, and uh, basically they time uh, can slow down. And I've had um, oh. uh, yeah, it's it's I can go into that, but I I you know, but basically that they can move so fast that time slows down. And um, in this mission, I had a run in with a with a monarch um runner uh, and and they're dark they're very dark and and um i i, I uh, basically you don't want to run into that and and this runner was obviously um dispatched to stop me from rescuing these children and and um wow. i just I, I had that memory recall just uh two weeks ago so um you know and that 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 was one memory call and then Another one, just just to give you a, an example of what what you know what a super soldier is involved in, is um, I was um, on on a uh, on another planet because um, I know through this I've been to uh, 162 planets physically and astrally um, in my position in the secret space program, um, and so I was um, definitely on another planet and it was a evacuation mission. And um, I remember there was a uh, there was a uh, obviously a uh, force there that was looking to destroy the place because they were um, dis- discharging um, a weapon, an alien weapon that was obviously uh, very powerful. Because um, I remember seeing it being discharged, and basically it came went up into the atmosphere and came down, and basically just was uh, took out the whole town. But at the same time, there was an evacuation going on. There were ships uh, getting people out, and uh, it was by it was by a coastline type town, and it was very it was like an advanced um, civilization, obviously. Um, 
And uh, I was in a, a building, obviously, getting out people uh, when the blast hit from the weapon. And uh, that's when I had my first memory of a quantum break because um, the blast was coming. And obviously, the, the abilities um, are, are enacted whenever you're in danger. And, um, and the blast came, and it was just destroying everything. And at that time is when um, everything around me just stopped. <laughs> You know, like uh, the, uh -huh. I was in a I was in a building, and uh, the blast was coming, and it, it basically started destroying the windows all around me. But then all of a sudden, everything stopped, and there were these like light things around me, and and time like time glints and fractures, and then time stopped. And then uh, I was right next to a uh, to a obviously a female um, extraterrestrial being, and. And uh, I was able to jump on her, and then I woke up from that memory. <laughs> so, um, wow. you know, there's all types of. Re I mean, right now I know I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm on mostly rescue missions and escort missions, uh, but you know, before in my in my career I was on you know all combat assassinations and all of that. So, mm -hmm. I, I've had a extensive you know, but Very I'm doing the escort. Yeah. It, what's um. up? <laughs> You should mention the 9-11 uh, Building 7 because most people think that the significance of that building collapsing was just because there was gold in the basement. <laughs> yeah. and, and, it has, and it ties into the secret space program as well. Yeah. And then when, when you're done with that, I want to know if anybody knows about the missile that was coming to Maui this year. Oh God! I do. I can. I can uh, get into January. that too. I'll, I'll just hit both 9 those points. 11 building seven. Okay, take those. Points. I'll hit both Thank those you. points right now. Um, okay. Because um, you know there was more going on um, than what people see um, with the 9 11 thing. Uh, mm -hmm. There was right. there was obviously a secret space program involvement, and there were super soldiers there too. And and uh, basically, uh, with um, with building seven collapsing, I mean. Uh, that was that was a that was a super soldier basically using uh, telekinesis, you know, and and just blowing apart the the building because there were files in that building, basically like the X files, which are the MyLab files, you know, that that are being uh -huh. hidden, and um, you know there was gold too, but uh, and and it was all about stopping the Saint Germain Trust and the National Economic uh, Security Reformation Act. But uh, there was a lot of super soldier involvement there. They they sent in super soldiers to get the files, to retrieve things. But um, part of the reason why the building collapsed was because uh, super soldiers were there using their their abilities. So um, and then also uh, as well. So you're saying this, you're saying that was an accident. They didn't intend to blow it up. Yeah, no, no, there was definitely something going. There was a fight going on in there. <laughs> You know, there was there was a fight going on between uh, super soldiers, and they had to use abilities which blew shit up. <laughs> and uh, okay, and, so it's just like Marvel comics, right? The yes, Marvel movies. Yes, yes, it's exactly. They, they, blowing they, up, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so we have to real. come up with a cover story. Well, if there's real. if there's files, if there's my lab files in there, and it's files on, uh, you know, what's going on, then. There's groups that want to retrieve those files, and then there's groups that don't ever want them to be retrieved, which is where you get your your war going on, you know. So they they were using the nine one one twin towers incident as a distraction to go in and get the files, but they they blew it up by during the fight, 
and so they got the cover story got to be included with 911, but they were two different. Well, they were kind of related because they were using 911 to distract people to the Twin Towers, right? Am I getting that? Uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot there's a lot to it, you know. But uh, I won't get too into it. But basically, the planes um, were holographic, and that was the technology right. that they had to use. Um, so it was an inside job. Um, the holographic planes are actually a technology that the TR3 has. Uh, they can actually, mm -hmm. and, and you can see this because the chemtrails, um, they, they, this is Operation Indigo Skyfold. Um, the chemtrails, you see a plane spraying the chemtrails, right? But that's actually not a plane. It's a black triangle that's cloaked as a plane. And they use the same oh. technology. Yeah, they use the same technology to, to make it seem like a planes were flying into the buildings. But really, they there was a TR three that was cloaked that produced a hologram that made it that 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 made it look like there was planes flying into the building. And that, that, yeah, that and is I knew some, that I knew like, that was a I, I knew truth. that was a lie. <laughs> the moment I woke yeah. up, because I um, worked on Johnson Atom, we used to clock the um, whatever the planes were. They they would come. They would launch from, Hol, uh, from Honolulu all the way to Johnson Atoll, which was 800 miles southwest of the Hawaiian Islands. And they, they were doing mock battles, mock war, um, in case somebody would invade the island. And, and, and their, their cover story back then was because we're disposing of chemical weapons. But now I know that was because that was an ET base. And so they had the civilian front with the military combined, you know, to cover this whole base that was going on. So now it makes sense, a lot of sense. But I knew it only takes um, eight minutes to go 800 miles. So when they said it took a half an hour and it's like to respond, I went, oh, this whole story's bullshit. I knew the, the first, <laughs> within the first 10 minutes, I knew the whole thing was bullshit. Okay, so. Um, sorry, uh, and by, by the way, Janet, I just wanted to say something. Um, uh, you, you remember Bill Tompkins because you met him. Oh, uh, yes. Back in the, the 50s and 60s, he had those photos of the Draconian tankers that were spraying things, like basically chemtrails, an early version of chemtrails, mm -hmm. uh, to keep people asleep. And also um, that way, visually, they couldn't actually see things properly in the sky. So, like, literally, you can have all these craft flying overhead, uncloaked, and these Draconian uh, tankers, because you're breathing in this chemical, you literally just can't see it. And um, it probably had to do with, like, um, poisoning the pineal gland. But anyway, um, what Anthony was saying there, that, that totally makes sense because Soul the Warden and other factions, they've since taken things over. And um, they're still in league with the Draco, but they um, now because of the human-level secret space program, uh, the human-level secret space program, we're like the middlemen now. And we're doing a lot of the dirty work or the jobs of maintaining this whole, like, prison planet. So... The TR3s right. the that are um, spraying, um, they, they, they have holographic technology. They, they look like planes, but it's um, what they're doing is they're actually just uh, mimicking or copying the same job that the Draconan tankers uh, used to do. But now, the, now, it's, but, uh, now uh, that has been since outsourced to the humans who have the black TR3s. Uh, and other versions of the TR3 that are spraying because um, before um, the humans had like our own secret space program, it was actually the Draco and their mind control programs. They were, they've been spraying for thousands of years. It's just recently yeah. in the fifties and sixties that we since um, kind of launched into space 
and we're in league with them and we um kind of got um some of the we got like a chore list okay (laughs) if that makes sense like the draco said okay well if you're gonna have your own crap you know it's now it's your job to spray right um, right. See, I, when I saw Bill Tonkins at the MUFON conference in Vegas last July, that was like two weeks before he died. And I, I think that they, they took him out. He was so excited. He was like a kid in a candy store. But he kept saying, he says, you've got to get the, exactly what we talked about, the spraying. He's, he said, it's a Dracos. It's in, uh, you know, he wasn't making that much sense. But what you're saying to me makes a lot of sense. But I think we still have to unpack that a little bit more. Uh, and we're running out of time. We got just a few more minutes. Wow. So, but he kept he he kept talking to me because I, uh, and this is something we have to cover is that I have the, the psychic abilities. He could read my mind. I could read his mind. And he was blown away because he hadn't had that since the girls, um, you know, the the, the blonde uh, real girls, right, that were in the project. Anyway, that's that's yeah. another piece of this puzzle is, is Tompkins, and he's he's gone, and they've got all this information. I know there's at least two books you're trying to get out, and they were supposed to have them out, you know, within six months of that last one. So who's sitting on that now, and how are we gonna get that piece of the puzzle out to the public? So, uh, okay. Right. Um, yeah, maybe during uh, the last two ten. Or oh, two minutes. Oh, geez, we only have. I thought we had ten more minutes. Think, okay. Well, um, oh, according to my clock, but it could be you, wrong. You, uh, Matt, two. Uh, yeah. Two minutes. Okay, we'll wrap it up. Okay. We can do this again. Um, we'll talk about that as soon as we hang up. But go ahead, <laughs> wrap it up, guys. No, uh, all right, I'll, okay, I'll just ahead. talk about real quick. Um, you know, uh, with the with the missile and Honolulu and stuff. Oh, yes. that was all real. That was that was all real. That all happened. And actually, um, from what I know, I actually think me and Kevin had an involvement in that um, because he, he had a memory recall of a mission uh, where he had recalled me in it, and I had recalled him. And um, it was around that time. Actually, it was a little before. So I think time travel was involved. It was in but, December, um, actually. Um, this is what's um, weird about it is I messaged Anthony when I was still on Facebook. I had this recall of tracking the submarine. And I didn't, um, I, uh, in the recall, it was all muted. I couldn't remember any audio. But I knew Anthony was in the, was in the tier three with me. And we were tracking a submarine and uh, using remote viewing. And then so I asked him about it. And what's um, weird is... Um, the missile didn't, that incident didn't happen until January, if I remember correctly. January 13th, 2018. And I was here and I got the, I got the alarm and it's like, shit, honey, we got thir- we got 15 minutes to live. It was very surreal, but go ahead. Uh, so you, what, you're saying it was a sub, it apparently it came from above. That's what Michael Sala and others have tracked down. That something came from above, so I thought it was the somebody in the secret space. It was. It was like a, it was a rogue. It was a rogue CIA submarine. Already. Well, we will continue this discussion in the next show, which we're going to schedule. Thank you for listening today. Much love and blessings and aloha. Stay on, stay on, guys. Stay on. Aloha. We'll be right back after this message.
Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Oscar's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. God is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not, the heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run. But your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. You're listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener-supported radio. Reporting the danger. Unafraid. Right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK, too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. 